he likes those big waves way out in the middle of the ocean, you know? Like when you fall, you're like an astronaut in outer space without a spaceship, just tumbling around, can't breathe. Me, I'd rather surf a dry reef, fucking close to the beach, you go down and hit the reef, there's only one way from there up. Welcome back to another episode of The Drop. This is Michael Saramella, and as always, we're going to be talking about everything that happened in surfing this week. So first up, we're going to talk a little bit about Cheat Codes. Um, it's a new series that we're doing on Stab Premium. You might have seen the one with Mick Fanning a month or two ago. Now we've got one with John John Florence, and he's going to be teaching you about an interesting part of surfing that most of us probably don't think about very often, but we do all the time. We're also gonna be talking about regressive maneuvers. Um, and that is a story about surfing nostalgia by Paul Evans. As always, it's hilarious and it makes us question a lot of things. Like was surfing better before? Is it better now? And what does it all even matter? Um, we're also gonna talk about big WSL news of the week being that you can now script this. On that note, we are not going to be doing a cusp in this episode. Um, El Salvador, we're right in the middle of the event as we record this. So we're going to be dropping this episode on Friday. And then the cusp episode talking about El Salvador into Brazil will be dropping on Monday or Tuesday of next week, followed, of course, by another episode of the drop next Friday. So that's sort of the schedule we're looking at. I'm going to get on with Stace G and talk about everything that happened in El Salvador and what's to come in Brazil. Last but not least, in this podcast, you're going to hear from none other other than the Fletcher brothers, Nathan and Christian. We interviewed them while filming for DNA, the Colapinto brothers, the new film released on Stab Premium. Um, we interviewed a lot of different groups of brothers because that's what the film was based around, the concept of surfing brothers. And this interview is just too good to leave on the cutting room floor. So <laughs> you're going to hear some really interesting tales from the brothers. Um, I don't even want to get into it too much because it's just too good. You need to listen to it. So if you want to get into that, it's going to be about halfway through the podcast um but until then let's hop on with buck all right hello michael miguel it's el salvador miguel <laughs> yes el salvador um i was just thinking that it's kind of funny that we're in the middle of the event right now we're in day two and by the time somebody's listening to this podcast they're already going to know what happens and who the winners are so you guys know way more than us but you know i think what it's about right now is kind of capturing a moment and I want to say, folks, we are gathered here today to mourn the loss of Jackson Baker. Um, he went down to Jack Robinson, and we're very sad. I don't know. I don't think we've nailed the term yet, but Mikey and I have been kind of riding Jackson Baker hard all year with the picks. Uh, no matter what, he just always seems to be an underdog. And we call it the Jackson train, I believe. It doesn't really have the, the good ring yet, but... Um, we were on it this event, and it got a little bit derailed by Jack Robinson. So, yeah, now we mourn. Now we mourn. But he he won us some money first, so that's all that really matters. He always does. He always does. the The train always uh, is gravy full. <laughs> it works. The, the Baker train. Yeah, I don't know if I told you this, but in the first round, I put down nine bets. Um, nine different nine different people I picked to win. And I lost every single one of them, except for one. And that one was Jacko Baker. And here's the craziest part. Because Jacko Baker was paying plus 500 on betonline.ag, supporter of the pod, thank you very much. And I put $20 on him. That was a $100 payout. And I ended up making money on the day. I was one in oh. nine and I made money. <laughs> oh. 
That's got to be your weirdest day yet. It has to be. <laughs> it's just it just goes to show you how much of a numbers game betting is. Like people get so like I don't know. People have told me like, "Oh, don't pick underdogs. Don't pick underdogs. It's so dumb. Just pick the people who are going to win." And it's like, dude, I'm not putting money down on Ethan Ewing who's minus 300. Like, yeah, he'll probably win, but I have to put like $60 down for it to mean anything whatsoever, whereas I can put $20 down on Jacko Baker, make 100, and it makes up for every other loss that I have on all these other underdogs. So, I, you know, maybe in the long run it won't pay off, but I'm riding the underdog train, and Jacko Baker is he's the conductor. Folks, get on board. We are going. Let's hear some news. Cheat codes. John, John, Florence, watch this if you want your brain to explode because of duck diving. Probably something you thought would never happen. You would never thought that you'd wake up one morning and that somebody would show you a video about duck diving and your brain would explode. But <laughs> here we are, folks, 2022. Oh, this is incredible. So this whole thing was, um, I don't know if it was spawned by necessarily, but it was like it all came back from this story that we did on the site three or four years ago. That was one of the highest read stories that's ever been on stabmag.com. And it was how to improve your duck dive with John Florence. And it was John doing that weird underwater shimmy thing that he does that nobody else seems to be able to do where he's in a pool and he's covering the entire length of a pool underwater just doing this little scoop technique that he develops. It's it's just the footage arrests you. You can't help but just, just go, what is happening? Yeah. I mean, four years later, we just put out the trailer on Instagram and it's got like 350,000 views, which is significantly higher than an average post for us on Instagram. Like it's crazy. People cannot stop watching. And to be fair, like cheat codes is about teaching you how to do different things in surfing. Um, I don't think John John's going to actually teach anybody how to do this particular thing, but he's got some other really, really incredible insights on duck diving that can be applied to the average person. And you know what, folks? We... Might as well try with the weird thrust scoop thing that he does. Like, what do we have to lose by trying? I'm almost certain that was recorded here in Portugal. The place where everybody stays when the Super Tubos comp is on, it's just a little bit north of there. There's a big golf course. Everybody always goes golfing, all that. But it's like this little neighborhood where there's nice houses and a lot of them have pools. Some of them, as we learned earlier this year, have uh, rave dojos in the basement and the winners are able to celebrate accordingly there shout out griffin cole pinto but yeah i i mean i don't think we should be too proud to hit public pools with our surfboards to give this a go if if you're not uh staying at praia del rey right now (laughs) i mean have you ever actually tried this because i you know i had to try after i originally watched it four years ago or whatever and i tried it one time and it was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened and i never tried it again i never will. i think if you watch that video when it first came out and you didn't try it then you didn't watch that video how could you not how could you not and you could you kind of convince yourself that it was doable um but like you said maybe not maybe not achievable for most of us maybe we're better off just trying to do a carve like him but i am fascinated by one of the cheat codes in there, which is the one about low pressure zones. I had never been exposed to this information before. And John talks about it, but Danny Johnson, I know, went deep on this. He's the man. He's the mastermind in the coil here. 
As a hollow wave's lip lands, it bounces into a massive white water that pushes up and over, creating a pocket of virtually unaffected water. The low, low pressure, pressure zone. zone. Positioning yourself between the primary and secondary impact zones will have the greatest effect. The theory is just insane. Had you heard of this? This low pressure zone in a wave theory? I had never heard it explained in this manner. Um, I always like, so the way I always thought about this is I always called it the, the bounce. And like that just made the most sense to me because it's like the lip is hitting off the bottom of the, you know, the flat water. And then it's some of the energy is going straight down to the bottom. And then some of it is getting redirected up and over, hopefully over you if you put yourself in the right position. Um, but the way that freaking Mike Stewart goes into it is incredible. Like the amount of thought and like even just, you know, the terminology and everything he puts into it is like, it's so well thought out and so incredible. And the way that Danny narrates it and Shin, our graphic designer, created all of the animations around it. Like you really do feel it and understand it. And this is one of those things that like can help anybody surfing, anybody duck diving. Like this is something that you can actually apply to your surfing. It is. It is. And I can't wait for a wave big enough in the Northern Atlantic to try it on because uh, since seeing this video, there hasn't been that. And hey, you're just across the same ocean as me. So you're probably doing the same thing. Wait, but were you just like you're saying that you didn't even know that this concept existed like you were just duck diving wherever the hell you wanted all the time 100 <laughs> percent. no way you had no you'd never done that thing where you like duck dive just after the lip and it just kind of pops you up. i know every time every now and then you get a lucky bounce for sure but this happening again and again throughout the course of a wave like no i didn't know that like i get it when you're right there and sometimes you get that hoof but no, not not how it's explained in this video. Okay, fair enough. And there were a lot of other really interesting things that John had to say that Danny, again, broke down in like even greater detail. But I think my favorite thing that I learned from this is that John is simultaneously the best duck diver in the world and also completely unaware of like the most common technique of duck diving larger waves, which is using your foot. I think I duck dive with my knee and not my foot. That's just how my mom taught me, I think, and I just always did it, and then I thought it was completely normal. And then Eric one day told me, like, you what? You duck dive with your knee? Like, apparently everyone duck dives with their foot. Not quite everyone. When we surveyed the STAB audience, 31% indicated that they were strictly knee, like John, 27% solely used their foot, and 42% had a technique that involved a combination of both. Like, he just used his knee, always. He never even knew that people used their foot. It would be like... If you were like a master pianist and you just didn't know that those black things were like extra keys, you were just playing the white ones. I mean, he's like a submarine man down there, though. If it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> I guess that's true. I like, I actually, he didn't necessarily, he didn't specify this, but I'm, do you think he actually does the shimmy thing in the ocean or is that just something he like does for fun in pools? Ah, uh, I mean, when do you really have a chance to do that in the ocean? It might just be a, a party trick, you know? I think so too. But anyway, yeah. So I was baffled. Like John John like learned recently that people use their foot to duck dive sometimes. I know. And with the scoop thing, I would love to see him do it in a Florence Marine X vest. If he can do that, then I'll really be impressed. <laughs> well, he's just got to, you know, as Danny said, you just got to use the, um, the centrifugal force of the common denominator and the gravity takes over. That's from there. correct. And then one more thing, cause there's a, bunch of tips in here it's broken into 
a few different cheat codes. It's not just the one duck diving thing. There's different elements and layers. I want to give away one for free, which is one that you knew, Mikey, and you've talked about before. If you ever have a hard time getting a fin into a box, what you want to do is you get a fin. If it's an FCS, you get a futures fin, or if it's vice versa, and you jam that in there and you just surf one session with it, and that will <laughs> loosen up the box so that it won't be a problem again. So that's one like underground surf tip. Everybody go and try that. <laughs> Regressive maneuvers on surfing's nostalgia fetish. Mikey, do you think surfing used to be better? Cause like a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, do I think surfing? I think some parts of surfing were better. I think that, style was probably a bit better i think that certain turns were probably a bit better but by and large no i don't think surfing was ever better than it is we are an interesting point because surfing looks different than it used to i don't think that's arguable and to your point to style people used to think some people used to think it looked better right and so now we're in this weird era where there's all these nostalgia ig accounts People kind of always talk about the old days and old surfers and how good did the fucking board shorts below the knee look and longer boards, bigger turns, all that. And Paul Evans attempted to unpack it all, and I think he did a great job. He has some great insight from Matt Warshaw in there as well, who, if there's anybody that knows surf history, it's him. And he is quick to point out the difference between history and nostalgia. But I think it's an interesting thing. It's been bubbling below the surface for some time now. And yeah, I, I'm kind of out on whether surfing used to be better. I, my belief is that surfing is just something that you go and do and it happens just to you and your head and your body. And if you want to look around, look around. If not, you've got what it is to act of it. And I don't know. I think, I think the act of it's never been easier. We never had more options and I think surfing's great. <laughs> surfing is great. I mean, this, it goes back to what we were discussing last week, you know, when you were talking about the older films that we used to obsess over for the mere fact that they were all we had. You know, we maybe get like two or three good films a year that we would just run over and over and over in our DVD players. And so you remember it so clearly in your mind, whereas like it's pretty hard to remember, you know, more than a few specific moments from the past five years, let alone like a whole film. So I think that there's something in that, like these memories from before are more seared in our minds than anything from present day, you know, besides maybe, you know, John's giant alley-oop at Backdoor or Kelly's 4.17 or <laughs> these these little moments that, you know, they, they caught us by surprise and they stick out. But yeah, to your point, like it's easier to be a surfer now, but on the flip side, that means that there are more surfers. So was it easier to get waves before probably does that mean surfing was better back then maybe um but then again we're able to go to so many more i don't know there's so many different layers to this and yeah it's hard to say if one thing's better than the other but generally speaking uh over the course of human history things tend to get better okay okay i think you got a point there going the whole human route but if you have been noticing this and surfing this trend and curious about it go read this piece it's great and just you talking about different things you can see in your mind. Jordy Smith had a wonderful moment on the broadcast today. I don't know if you saw it, Mikey, but I believe he said something along the lines of 
if you compare this wave to Jaybay, you should get slapped. <laughs> and so a moment that was seared in my mind was back when like webcasts just were pirate, like get whoever's around to commentate and run the show and do all that. Uh, Jordy had a great moment at Pipe Masters one year where Aki, of all people, had to ask him, like, no, it wasn't Aki. It was GT. Aki was in the booth. GT had to ask him a question on, like, behalf of Von Zipper. If if you ever found yourself in the jaws of a great white shark, like, how would you want to be remembered? And Jordy said something about uh, the length of a specific part of his body. And Aki was in the booth, and he just couldn't talk for, like, ten minutes. It was... <laughs> This has been seared in my mind, and so I don't know. I don't know if the kids these days will have Jordy's uh, J-Bay slap comment seared in their minds as well, but we can hope. Yeah, um, I remember that moment, and I think he compared himself to a certain um, animal. Was it a donkey? It was a donkey, yeah. Donkey? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, we're, we're on the same page on this one, Buck. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we didn't fill our brains with physics instead. <laughs> WSL concedes, you can script this. Bit of irony going on here, folks. For a little while there, the WSL's motto was, you can't script this. It was, I suppose, trying to play up on the unpredictability of when Jackson Baker serves the heat against somebody that uh, most odds makers think he will lose against. But earlier this week, news broke in a press release from the WSL that they signed an exclusive agreement with box to box the people who brought you make or break, to give them the rights to do more documentaries and also scripted stuff, if that's what the WSL wants. And so this is fascinating. It, Like I said, the irony of you can't script this and then the word scripted being big in that press release Something weird there, something funny, but at the core of it, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Well, what do you, like, I'm just racking my brain trying to think of what a scripted surfing show would look like. Like, is it based around, you know, a fictitious WSL or, you know, something trying to represent the real WSL? Like, is it like a ballers style thing like they do with the NFL? Like, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I can't quite figure it out. Well, I was in the fortunate position to talk to Eric Logan earlier today. I interviewed him. We might air it on here. We might just put it on the site. Either way, it'll be somewhere in the coming weeks. And I asked him about this because, yeah, on paper, scripted surf TV sounds a bit spooky. Sounds a bit surviving summer, that show on Netflix right now, which, I mean, let's be honest, I actually love. Uh, But sounds a bit spooky. The way that he put it to me is that basically, well, two things. One, they don't have anything in the works right now. They just open the discuss- the discussion to go there. And two, scripted does not mean exactly that. It means maybe taking a moment that you didn't happen to have cameras on at that given point in time, just like uh, like make or break. They had cameras everywhere and they have all this footage and it's all documented right there and you put it all together. It's maybe taking a moment that happened and finding creative ways to showcase what you didn't capture in that moment, what you didn't happen to be there. I think an example he provided was something along the lines of like showing the birth of the WSL slash ASP slash whatever acronym before it um, and just creating that footage instead of relying on it having been shot, which the most of it wasn't. So interesting nonetheless, but uh, 
just the, the script, the script. We're going off script. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously been pretty big fans of Box to Box and what they've done so far. We were pretty complimentary of Make or Break. So I definitely don't want to have any negative assumptions around this stuff. So, I, yeah, I guess I'm just curious to see what comes of it. Are we going to see Kelly Slater back in the uh, back in the old red shorts? Would you mind? Would you mind? Would anybody mind? He looked good. I mean, we speaking of, you know, things that happened in WSL history, like we could have, it could be a drama where, you know, a current WSL judge has impregnated one of the women on tour. Um, it's a real thing that happened. Did that happen? Um, yeah. You don't know this? No. Renato. Really? And Lisa Anderson. Oh, no, I missed that bit. Yeah, Lisa Anderson's kid is Renato Hickel's kid. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. That's fascinating. Well, there you there go. There you go. Script it. Box to box. <laughs> You're welcome. Get on it. Top U.S. University offers first ever surf scholarship. Mikey, what does this mean? Uh, it means, to our knowledge, this is the first like really top elite level U.S. university that is trying to acquire students via financial aid. So they have a 19-year-old student named McKenna Burke. She's a really good surfer from Ventura, and UC San Diego is officially paying her to come and be on their surf team, just like somebody who is recruited to play football or soccer or anything like that. Um, and this is, to our knowledge, yeah, the first time that like an elite-level university is doing this. I mean, UCSD was ranked last year the 14th best university in America by Forbes. They've been at the kind of front and center of research around oceanography with their Scripps Institute of Technology for a long time, along with other fields of science. So they're like really a truly high-level university. And the kicker is they sit on top of one of the best beach breaks in all of California. Salt Creek. <laughs> don't don't knock salt creek salt creek is fun but no they, they live right on top of blacks so you can literally walk there from campus um which is something that i got to do for four years and it was absolutely glorious so yeah this is a bit of a a proud thing for me being an alumnus but yeah it's really cool they're like they really want to incentivize good surfers coming to their school they've had the surf team now for 54 years they've won the national title seven times total but they haven't done it in a while so the surf team and the coach tyler calloway he's been working with the school and saying hey you know this is one of our proudest teams like we really need to support them and so they got this new scholarship going and it's uh i think the future is bright okay for the tritons well my next question is how can we corrupt this because the ncaa <laughs> they always have these awesome scandals going on and if we've learned anything at stab there's nothing that gets clicks like a good scandal so how how do we incorporate some element of corruption into of corruption into this process oh well that's easy so i think to technically be on the surf team you only have to take you know a couple of classes and with the way the world is right now they can probably be online classes so i think we should really just try to like beef up their team get like gabby italo felipe mm. to, to just you know take a few online classes you know they only have to keep like a, a c average they don't have to put that much effort in and we can bring them in and just create a super team. Or you know what else we can do? What? Get a judge to get somebody pregnant. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, yeah, we're going to have to um, conspire with the NSSA about that one as well. So we can talk to uh, Janice and, and the crew over there. We're on it, folks. 
we asked Christian and Nathan Fletcher about the Cola Pinto brothers. Dot dot dot. And they told us about plane crashes, 15k mistakes, cows, and juggling swords on unicycles. This is one of the most fascinating interviews I've read in some time, folks. This is for our movie about Griffin and Crosby, DNA, the Cola Pinto Brothers, presented by Monster Energy, of course. We talked to a bunch of different siblings throughout surfing, and among them were Christian and Nathan Fletcher. And getting the chance to see them together, just trying to field the same questions, involved in the same conversation is... Honestly, folks, it's it's a treat to be deeply appreciated. And the cow story, I don't think you've heard a story like this, folks. Um, I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, it really just spans, especially the questions were all supposed to, we were there to get stuff about the Cole Pinto brothers, right? But to your point, the way they field questions is, just, they're gonna do it their way, and so um, <laughs> it's like the opposite of like a, a company that's trying to do like really squeaky clean PR. Like you know, you just said you had your interview with Eric Logan, and you said that you know you'd ask him one question, and he'd use that to basically shoehorn into something that he wanted to say. But it's always like this like super vanilla positive thing, and they will get asked a really inane question or innocuous question. And they'll come back with some answer that is so out of left field, like <laughs> so, like telling a story that like has one has nothing to do with it, and two is so far beyond in terms of like explicit what, what we were searching for, and there's so much oh, better for that. Yeah, reason. yeah. All of a sudden, he, they're just painting pictures of being 12 years old taking bong rips before surf contests in a parking lot, and yeah, it really uh, it really goes into some interesting places, folks. So. Go give it a read because it is, it's unlike anything else you see these days. So check it out. Well, I don't even know if they're going to have to give it a read necessarily because rumor has it that's actually going to get dropped onto the back of our little chat here, Buck. Did you hear that? Is that the rumor these days? Yeah. We'll see if Stacy gets around to editing it, which is going to be a a, uh, task in and of itself. But (laughs) I think they might be able to listen to the juiciest bits of that interview on the back half of this podcast. Oh, well, we just have one thing separating us between that and right now, and it is a surf sin. Of course it is. Let's get into it. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Buck. How's it going? Here's my surf sin. So I just got back from Portugal and went with my girlfriend. So I was surfing on my own, she doesn't surf. But I took a board and uh, when I was surfing, it was pretty intimidating with all the locals. They're pretty hectic and shouting at you, paddling an inch from your face. Loads of instructors pushing people into waves, so it's hard to get a wave. So. My surf sim was just being a baby the whole time and just not getting involved. Like, what does it matter if, if I get in someone's way? I'm just, I'll just fall off or they'll shout at me and then I'll never see him again. Like, who cares? But anyway, and then I was pretty sure I saw you, Buck, at some spot. And uh, I didn't really know what you looked like, actually. So, But you were pretty inspiring because you just you paddled out 
you didn't really interact with any of the locals. You just got in there, did all your got a, got about ten waves, and then just got out. I googled you after, and it it definitely was you. I've just never seen you before. Anyway, so my surf's in is travelling all that way to Portugal taking a board, paying all that money for flights and stuff and then just being a giant baby so yeah, thanks boys that's my penance oh Ollie, oh Ollie so, crowds like we talked about earlier they're becoming more and more of a thing everywhere and you gotta figure out your way you gotta figure out how to navigate them folks that i've always i think i'm gonna write an email about it soon but i've always kind of tripped on the fact that like when somebody looks at waves they go okay it's this big this is what the wind's doing this is what the tide's doing and they just fail to like factor in the crowd and how like it i guess at a wave like pipe or something you do but in most other settings it's the most, it's such a significant thing that's going to affect the waves that you get and the way you approach the session. And most people just look at like the waves and neglect the people in them and then go out and expect to get waves. I just don't get how people don't realize it's a game you have to play more. You know, you, you feel me on that? Wait, no, I don't. I feel like everybody notices that. I feel like that is like the most common complaint. Like for me, when I go surfing with people and we're checking a spot, I feel like I'll I'll be looking at the waves and all they see is the crowd. And maybe that has to do with like, you know, the way that we approach a lineup or whatever. But I would say that the vast majority of people look at the crowd first before anything okay. else. My argument would be that people look at the crowd and say, Oh, there's thirty people out, like I'm not gonna go out, whatever. I feel like it's it's more a matter of like, how do I play this crowd? Nobody thinks about you think about how I'm gonna play the conditions, but nobody thinks about how to play the crowd that deeply is more my point, I guess. Like, crowds can be a major turnoff or you see somewhere that's all right and there's nobody out. But when you see somewhere that you're judging to be good to go, i.e. you're going surfing, a lot of people don't, like, really have a game plan or, like, a feel of, like, what they're going to do. You know, they just go out and bob around and it's, like, it's insane to me. It's such a thing. Like, you have to play this game, right? And Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's like people are either undeterred or just completely over it but they're not thinking about the whole like chess match of it all when in reality like there's so many levels to it's like who do you walk down with where do you paddle out um do you get your hair wet before you join the lineup like there's so many factors oh there's so so many and even just like i always disappear after a set if you're somewhere like when you get a good set always disappear after if you're somewhere where you're not home just disappear after for a little bit just do the John John duck dive for a little while. Just just stay down there. Just do it for a little while. Hang on or there. But anyway, other theories on this. So I've had the experience of traveling and I've had the experience of moving to new places as I have here in Portugal. And traveling, I think what you got to do is just kind of be no fucks given. Like if you know you're in a week there, obviously have the normal respect to rules, but like try to put yourself in position because why the fuck not? You're there for a week, you know? If you're new to a place and really want to climb up, you got to cherry pick your days where it's like the weirdest, ugliest, like you got to kind of manufacture run-ins with the top people first, you know? And if you're out in a day where they're out and it's crowded and there's a million people out, fly under the radar then. But 
I do think that when you're on a trip, as all I was here, the key is to you got to find that balance between respecting the rules of the lineup, which are universal, and not giving a fuck. He clearly struggled to find it, and that's a sin. Fine, but I need to know how he knew it was you before he knew it was you. Do you think it was like you talked and he recognized your voice from the podcast, or he just like heard us talking about your surfing for long enough that he felt like he knew your style, or you just saw a guy on a dumbass surfboard? <laughs> it was like five years old. <laughs> yeah, we should ask that. We had a little back and forth, and we should ask that. But I mean, I guess I'm on Google. But I don't know how in the moment he got suspicious. That's a good question. Um, I did have, I did have somebody recognize me for my voice for the first time in my life one day. That was kind of funny. Danny said he had that before through this. But yeah, I don't know how he picked it up initially. But anyway, he's a sinner. Ollie's a sinner to to go through the effort. The you know you got the time, you got the money, you've got everything involved here to get to Portugal and. To not enjoy it for that, I just, it's a sin. It's a very bad sin. Well, okay. What's your penance then? I'm going to go similar to last week in that you have to hate something. It's just inherent in us and you have to hate something. And so I am going to say Ali needs to go on another trip and he needs to be more conscious about his hatred. And what you got to do is you got to hate something big and uncontrollable like the government or the sun, you know? If you end up hating a little minute detail, you're going to just get frustrated because it seems kind of controllable and you need to hate these big, big things. And that way you will enjoy more the little things in front of you. And so it's just another surf trip and be conscious with your hatred. So, I mean, do you have any recommendations? Like who should he be hating? I said the sun or the government. Those are my two. Just, just. But how does that, how does that help him? Or is a penance not supposed to help someone? It's just supposed to you know, massage their guilt. It's putting him in touch with the force that is hatred. And yes, it is a good thing, but I mean, I feel bad for the guy. He went on a nice trip and all the highlight was he got burned by a guy and got to Google me. Okay, but here's my whole thing is like, sure, we can call this, we can call this a sin, but doesn't the punishment just kind of like match the crime perfectly? Like the fact that he went all the way there, paid all that money and didn't get any waves. Isn't that like, penance enough i guess but like doesn't half the world do that you've seen you've seen the lineup lately i haven't because apparently this is the only place where i see crowds but okay well i think if he's gonna live and die by this then he's got to do it in a way that's almost like more concrete so we're talking about all this money that he spent to go on this trip etc etc but nowhere can you spend a more clear amount of money on surfing than at a wave pool so what I want him to do is I want him, you know, he's, I think he's from Australia, so he can go to Melbourne. He can go to uh, maybe the one in Yapoon if they're having visitors. Um, and I'm sure there are a few other ones being built over there. So he can go to one of these places. He's going to pay his way in. You know, he's going to be in the rotation. And every time it gets to him, I want him to say, uh, nah, you guys can have this one. And then just go to the back of the line. <laughs> So I want him to do one whole session, just doing oh, that, wow. just go through the whole rotation, and she's like, ah, nah, sorry, yeah, you guys can have this one. Um, oh, there is no feeling like, I guess it's just that feeling of like when you're in the spot for a good wave and you just get that giddiness. But at a wave pool, you get that like at least I've only been one, but like you get that every wave, like every wave just doesn't lose like the novelty and excitement <laughs> at least for somebody that surfed a few times. So I could not, I could not imagine that like. 
You know that feeling that you first jump in a wave pool and you're just freaking out? That would be oh, that would yeah. be painful. That'd be oh, you're brutal. Well, do- yeah, and I think that through living this and really embracing it, he will be like, okay, so I just can never do that again. Like I can't be that person because I think it's gonna just pain him so deeply that next time he goes on a surf trip or to a wave pool, like he's going to get his money's worth. He's going to get his time's worth and he's going to not take shit from anyone. You know what? That's fair. Do Mikey's instead, but to close, fuck the sun. All right. Thank you, Buck. And as always, you can submit your surf sins directly to our emails. That's michael at stabmag.com and buck at stabmag.com. And now we are going to get into the interview that makes absolutely no sense and at the same time all the sense in the world. It is the Fletcher brothers, Nathan and Christian, talking about their lives growing up as brothers together. And yeah, I think uh, it goes without saying that it is, um, yeah, it was an interesting upbringing. So why don't we just hop right in with Christian and Nathan. How do you guys, you know who the Colfinder brothers are, yeah? I know who they are. I mean, I've met... uh... I met Griffin, but the other one I don't really know. Crosby, I went on a trip with, there's rad. Crosby's rad. Yeah, what's your takeaway on, on, I guess, those two guys coming up right now, what they're doing and what they're, where they're going? They're both insane. I feel like, um, I feel like Grif- Griffin's definitely been more publicized because Crosby's younger, but I feel like their natural ability is pretty next level. And so, I don't know. I feel like Crosby's just starting to come on. He won the Pipe Masters this year. Crosby did? Yeah. Is that his name, Crosby? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, can you, you guys talk about kind of, did you guys influence each other when you guys were coming up when you were younger? And then like, kind of, I guess. Yeah, when we were younger, he had an eight foot Jerry Lopez gun. When he was, what, fucking, how old are you, 11? Yeah. Yeah. 10, 11. That was some big shoes for me to fill. <laughs> Yeah. What about the eight? What about the eight foot Jerry Lopez gun? It had pink and purple camouflage. And it was yeah, sick. We still got it. Really? Yeah. Why, you just wanted to snag it from him? No. No, that was to surf big waves, and yeah. he didn't want to surf big waves, and uh, so well, that was my deal. I, I he was in pipeline. I didn't want to go out of fucking Waimea. Yeah. But didn't he, interest me. But he was, uh, but he was a trickster guy, out, guy, you know. When so little brothers went out, you got no choice. Well, you guys want to talk, like, I guess, like fucking talk about. Yeah. You know, okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. And so for me, growing up. Christian was supernatural and they even made a film and I can justify it and I've said it before but we're going to talk about it because he's here in person so when Christian was 12 years old I was probably seven and there was a lot across the street with a bike jump and it was just a jump with no landing not a wasn't like a fat to flat yeah like wakeboarding so I don't and now I think about it it could have been one of the first people to do it I don't even know if you saw it but he did a backflip on his BMX bike. And so I thought that was normal. And then as I got older and rode motorcycles and then people did like the first backflip on a motorcycle, carry hard or whatever, that was in 99 or 2000. But then yeah, you yeah, think about it and I was use. like, and then I was like, God, did Christian do a backflip on his BMX bike when we were kids? And so I asked him and what'd you say? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just fucking went for it and hucked it. Like I didn't realize, like I thought about it later, like, you like, kind of got to fucking get your pedals and like brace yourself so your bike doesn't flip around. I fucking just whipped the bike. The bike went around. Fuck, I came around, landed, landed on my seat, wheelied, fucking fell on my back, but fucking went for it. But did it. Ah, hucked it. And there was multiple times. And so I'm going to say another one just so we have it on camera. 
because nobody believes me and and I think I even mentioned it before, but driving down the road in Cabo. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> driving down <laughs> the road dude. in Cabo and I should have throw, been a pitcher. Throw bottles at the signs and so they're throwing beer bottles and we're with the Beachums and then we sit in the back of the car and see the signs coming and just go shoot boom fucking throw bottles. So broken glass. We see the, sound. a cow. Yeah. We, I whipped a bottle at a cow. A long neck bottle. And the cow was taking a shit somehow. It just fucking shoom, shoom, thump, right in the butt. Landed long neck into the cow's ass, stuck there, yeah, and, then and then slowly just, just went and fell out. This is at 60 miles an hour driving. Dude, the, cow, the cow didn't even flinch. The cow didn't even no. flinch. Yeah. But you could have never done that again. And no. I don't think most people could have done that. So growing up under that, it was like, oh, there was incidences. Like, so I, like I said, I should have been a pitcher. <laughs> So for me, the only thing I had was to go for it, right? Because I, I wasn't really the oh, he trickster went for it. guy. So that's so he was like airs and did all that stuff, in which I was into. But I, I like power surfing and turns because he did all that. Like it, it I just his never felt like, was Tom Carroll. Yeah, the only guy that was like the same size and fucking guy had legs like tree stumps. But in the end, nobody has influenced me more than Christian and my dad, and made me who I am, and would tease me, like give me shit. So it's like, oh, you might say I'd do this, but before when I was young, it'd be like, oh, you didn't go on that wave? Now, now he's my little Char big brother. Charlie horse. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. So, And it's the other way around. Oh, you didn't go on that wave? Fuck no. Well, now we're both almost in retirement mode. So yeah. it's kind of like now we can just watch Grayson. But it's cool though, because we like kids. different things. Like he likes those big waves way out in the middle of the ocean, you know? Like when you fall, you're like an astronaut in outer space without a spaceship. just tumbling around, can't breathe. Me, I'd rather surf a dry reef fucking close to the beach. You go down, hit the reef, there's only one way from there up. But I like that too. I like I, I, I like reef. What's up? Yeah, what ways is what ways is Christian kinda of, or uh, Nathan kind of influenced you? I know like pushing me to surf bigger waves or like yeah, fucking charge when you were younger. Oh he just everything like we used to go to the Quicksilver Cup and fucking the guy blast twenty foot fucking backside airs and shit. Like the first year they threw skateboarding in the mix because it was just a surf snowboard thing but the first the, the, actually the last year when it was just a surf snowboard <laughs> thing this guy fucking annihilated it made the guy look stupid in the finals fucking uh it was him him and one other guy right I don't remember his name but it didn't even matter like he made the guy look like a beginner and the announcer announced it wrong and so they, the the other guy won and we're talking what, it was like 25 grand or something for first? Yeah, right, Nate? It was a $15,000 mistake. Yeah, it's 25 grand for first, 10 for second. And there, and I was standing next to Bob McKnight, you know, and I was all, they announced it, the other guy won. I was all, whoa, dude, you better bust out your checkbook because <laughs> that's fucked up. Fucking, he made the guy look stupid and they got second. The announcer announced it wrong, and so they weren't going to go back on it. And I'm all, what are you talking about? Who gives a fuck if the announcer announced it wrong? Like, he, the guy didn't win. Then we went out to dinner and stuff, and like I sent my check over to the winner's table. It was only, I didn't drink or anything. It was only a burrito and stuff. Me and this other, they were Australians, sure. and it was me and this other Aussie kid. And dude, the whole, uh, all of them, I guess, wanted to beat me up or something, but I was over it. They didn't just reannounce it? No. no. What the fuck? And so $15,000. That's why I was telling the, the big big man on campus over at Quicksilver, I was all, dude, you better bust out your checkbook, like, make this right. like. Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, fifteen thousand dollars. You're gonna give. You're gonna let a mistake like that 
Go get the fucking cost you 15 grand. It's sitting on the table. Fire the fucking announcer. Put on your home. Yeah. Give that guy's paycheck. Yeah, fucking idiot. It was just really bad. But yeah, like, just watching him was was crazy. Made that other guy look like a beginner. And then they threw skateboarding in the mix, and so all the Aussies that were super serious, they kind of like faded out because none of them could ride a skateboard. We got first and second the next year, but <clears throat> there was a big gap Six. between first and second. I I came home with a, what, a cast on my arm, fucking a brace on my leg, blew out the knee, broke the wrist, fucking. It was sick though. All fucked up. Yeah, I come home broken from that thing every year. It was fucking painful. Yeah. I don't even snowboard anymore because of it. You guys push each other a bunch in like skating and snowboarding when you're coming up to. Yeah, just. Well, this is kind of how this is how we would push each other. Like Christian liked video games and. And so I was an be, idiot. So he would like play a bunch, and then he would like beat me twenty times, and want to play me again, just, just, just beat like me to, again. You know no, what I mean? Not, was, not, so not then missing. my I whole defense was, okay, I don't play video games. You can go play I, by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but see, I don't, I don't play just to beat him. I just play because I like to play. Right. Like I like games, like pool, fucking all. All of it, bro. Yeah. I and play so, on my telephone all the time, fucking whatever, fucking. So, so it's funny. So it was like my, it's I don't play games. Yeah. So it's just like Not whatever. I, exactly, I know. Hey, Grayson, he turned out to be a idiot too. Fucking. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing too. Christian can juggle all the time, practice this and that, and then you give the balls to Grayson, he just does it like, like I can't juggle for nothing. Christian practices, he can do it, and then Grayson doesn't practice, but he can still yeah, do it no, too. Yeah, Grayson's practiced a lot though. Up, yeah. I mean, fucking, give him the knives and he fucking does it first try. He could, he could juggle the fucking knives. They're like small swords. Yeah on a unicycle while we were shooting Roman candles at him. <laughs> he's he's good, yeah, good. he doesn't, he just picks it, picks it up and goes pretty much, hey, like you said. Hey, go get my balls. <laughs> oh, you're juggling balls? Yeah. Sick. Yeah, was there any like, I guess fucking, when you're kids or teenagers or whatever, like, Christian was doing one thing, you're like, fuck it. I'm like really gonna put some time into that or fucking opposite way or? Everything. Everything, everything. yeah. yeah. Because, Chris, put it this way, every music, like, you know, the I remember hearing, like, oh, the Vandals, uh, Pat Brown. Yeah. When I was in, like, I don't even know, this guy's age, and being like, whoa. And then it was like, we got to see, uh, you know, oh, sk- Street Visions. Yeah. Go get my uh, balls. It was the first skate video, and, and Agent Orange, and, like, hey. skating pools. And that was, you know, that was because of well, him. I, I was then, best friends with Jason Jesse as a kid, and uh, we learned how to ollie together when we were like 10 years old. My dad would take us to the Big O to go skateboarding. Uh, and he was only five. So it'd be me, him, Jason, and my dad. And then Jason was actually in, uh, what, skate, skate vision. Street Visions? Skate, skate vision, Visions. Skate Visions with a gator and shit like that. Yeah. And so uh, we, and we he, actually, he was probably 10 years old then, because we, we were like fucking 15 or something. It's pretty sick. But that influenced me forever. That changed my life, uh, seeing that, recognizing. I mean, at 15, I was already quitting school and going to Hawaii yeah. to live at Pipeline and stuff during the winter. Is there like some story about you switching your stance, Nathan? Well, yeah, just, I mean, that's what my dad says. He says uh, that I thought I, he thought I was a regular foot because I'm right-handed Christian, left-handed. Yeah, but he tried to convert me to regular foot too. <laughs> right, so, 
So we don't know what the real truth is, you know? I, I know. Because my dad's regular foot, and he just says, oh, you should have been a regular foot, too. You want to be just like your brother, so you always went goofy foot. No, I, don't, I but, think that's just the way you like to stand. You know, it's hard like, to say. Because, but like, because he always tried to make me go regular foot, too, and I'd be all, no, I stand this way. But you're left hand. So yeah. it's funny, yeah. But no, the influence is strong. But the other thing is, is, you know, even like I tell my kids, it's like, you're a team. And so being a team, you're much stronger. So you always empower each other because uh, like all the other people are going to try and pick you apart and tear you down and say you're this or say you're that. And, you know, which that's, that's what which, I'm here for, which it might be true. It could all be true. None of it might be true, whatever. But the fact is, if you're a team, you're stronger. And so like you're upholding your family name, your blood. And so it's just so much better to like empower each other and be a team instead of brothers that hate each other and fight because we already did that. That just shows too, like how immature and, and just bullshit everything is. And so, I don't know. Seeing life's like, too short for yeah, it, right? Seeing the Calipintos or the Colapintos, whatever, they're awesome, you know. And it's the same thing. Like I want to see my kids. I got two boys, and you want to see them be strong and together and powerful. Good so, luck. Homeboy. Might take them a while. <laughs> you haven't yet. Do you guys have brothers? I have an older brother. Yeah, I do. 13 months older than me, so he just like fucking. Oh, right see, I was four and a half years. I wasn't allowed to touch him, or my dad said he'd beat the shit out of me, and I believed him. Yeah. But like my mom says, my mom says there's two kinds of kids the kinds you put in the playpen, or the kind you put the playpen on top of. And, and huh. yeah, supposedly they put the playpen on top of this one. So that way I couldn't get to him. Oh no, they put me in it. They put it on top of you because you would climb out. Oh yeah? And they would put me in it because you couldn't get to me in it. And so I liked it in there. Here, I saved some for you. But who knows? They still had a diaper service. You know what I mean? They didn't even have normal diapers. I remember the people coming and cloth dropping diapers. off. Cloth Yeah, cloth diapers. So it's like, times have changed. It was crazy though, as a kid, like, you'd think, like watching Here. the waves and stuff, how crazy he is. Waiter. But he's actually really fucking, like, uh, okay. cautious. Like we had, yeah, well, wow. until he gets used to it. I couldn't get out of second gear on my motorcycle for no, years. No, you could, you just wouldn't. Thank I'll go, Nathan, shift the gear. No, I'm not doing it. You just wind it out in second gear. Like me, I was fucking six gear wide open from the fucking beginning. Rack! Uh, What's your famous line? Which one? Look, mom, oh, watch yeah. me. Look, mom, no teeth. Yeah. Fucking, did Straight it into, into the wall. Indo into the wall and fucking. He thought he was going to do a nose wheelie off the wall. No, no, into the wall, you know, you can go hit the wall and then pop a nose wheelie. And I smashed my face and abscessed my front tooth. So he says, hey, mom, watch me. Wham! And just straight into the wall. Yeah, it's kind of sick. Mom wasn't too happy. You better share, Laser. Do you have any, any, any good proper, like, and I'm talking about, like, fucking working together and, like, getting past the fucking rivalry, rivalry stage where you're just fucking at each other's throat or whatever. Do you have any fucking proper, proper, yeah, but we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Horror stories? I was going to say, uh, no, like, uh, you know, things that get over it is like, you know, you just got to always remember that's the only brother you got. And so no matter what, it's just you got to let shit go because uh, it's all about forgiving people because as much as you want to hold on to it, they want to hold on to it, then you get nowhere. So if both of you always... But sometimes are, you need to fight to get it out. Yeah, and to forgive each other or whatever. But the thing is, is letting is that it way go. you can hug afterwards. Yeah, letting it go is the way to go, no matter what, because holding on to resentment is is really the chicken shit way. And uh, that's my opinion. I don't know. No, and I'm so glad you fucking realized that. I <laughs> love you. you. <laughs> when was the first time you realized that Nathan was like, uh, like fucking gnarly, like not like the little kid? Dude, like, like I said, when he was 11, he had an eight foot fucking 
Pink and purple Jerry yeah. Lopez gun, and you're surfing YMA at 15 to 18 feet. When, Caught the biggest fucking wave of the day. When we were in the food line parking lot. He, he was way outside on the shoulder, and everybody got cleaned up. I happened to catch a wave, so I was inside. But everybody else got cleaned up outside, and he fucking took off on the corner and got the biggest fucking wave of the day when he was 11. Yeah, so in the food land parking lot. And it was no joke. Like, food land parking lot. The waves were like as high as those fucking wires over there. My dad said, okay, Nathan, you can surf YMA today because the swell had peaked. And I was, was all great. Down. And so, that means I gotta surf. So then we're walking to the car. I'm all, yeah, dad said I, and Christian's all, you can't go surf. And I'm all, what do you mean? Dad said I could. He's all, oh, that means if you go surf, that means I gotta go surf. <laughs> and I was all, well, you don't gotta go surf. I'm just gonna go. So then he grabbed his barn field or whatever. But the thing is, is he went out and caught five waves immediately because it wasn't really a big thing. He just didn't wanna do it because he didn't wanna do it. But once he went out there, it was no, but I, I was out there I'm way just out of my that kind of wave, you know? Yeah, and so I was all scared, but then I got one. In the end, yeah. you guys have any bat, like like contest battles or not really like any that stick out? Oh yeah, yeah no. He smoked me in Newport. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say the <laughs> he one smoked time. Smoked me in Santa Cruz too. But he got all mad, and because uh, he did two airs on one wave and it was an air contest and he had to do two airs, and so and the waves no. were real big. No, I did it. And I, I wasn't even gonna. One, but... No, you did, and you did two on one wave, but I just somehow did the two airs of my life that day in that heat. Mm. But he didn't see it, and it was super hard to get out. It was huge. Fuck, it was gnarly in Newport. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go surf the wedge. And then Flea was all, no, you made it to the final. He's all, if you win, it's a thousand dollars. I'm all, okay, I guess, I guess I'll do it. But then we get to the beach, and Christian was like, oh, and he, because it wasn't like you could go watch it back then, you know? How did you beat me? Yeah, and they're all, oh, Nate. And so then he's all, blah, blah, blah. and then afterwards, he called me. He's all, I'm so sorry. He saw like a couple days later. He's all, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you did that. But it was the one big air in Newport, and then I did a frontside rotation. Uh, that's sick. We had fun. Yep. Yeah, we had, but I mean, you know what? There's been other That's times too. That's first time, so it's cool, you know? Yeah, what There's... do you feel like from your end? From your end? Fuck, he's gnarly. Yeah. I got, I got, if, if I get beat because I got beat, I'm stoked. I have no problem shaking the person. I'm not a yeah. sore loser. Yeah. I'm a sore loser when I go out and make the guys look stupid and then I get beat. That's that's when I'm pissed off. That's when I start throwing muffins and fucking that when kind of shit. When they announce Nate, second place wrong. Huh? Like when they announced the fucking contest wrong and they, 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 they Oh, I was, I was pissed, dude. Yeah. I almost fought he was more pissed than me. the fucking country. Yeah. He cared uh, more than me. We were in France, but... It's interesting going through it, being brothers, <laughs> and you know what? Watching the other brothers, they all go through it too, you know? It's, I, was, I was pissed off. You just... Like I told you, I sent, sent my check to the fucking... Uh... Later, Eric. Great seeing you. Yep. Uh, yeah. Later, Later, dude. Yeah, I'm good Where do you go back to LA from yeah, You live oh. in Torrance? Yeah. Where are you tattooing? Killer. Sick. Okay. You guys too. Yeah. Where? What about like non non surf stories of, of gnarliness, like life shit that you guys have seen each other? Airplane crash? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we got an airplane. Thank you, Beth. Hey. Go skate, Thanks, right? dude. Um, yeah. We got in a crash landing in France. That was the year that he fucking, he, yeah. he beat everybody. Um, <coughs> we got <coughs> crash landings, interventions. <coughs> um, I mean, an intervention, that was gnarly. You name right it, we've been, we've been through it. Okay. What? How's that? Yeah. I had an intervention before interventions were cool. Yeah. More of a TV show? Yeah. 
I didn't even have the Buddy, right I'm working. Substance. Take your stuff. I pitched a no-hitter that night. Here. Fucking the whole room was in tears. Oh, yeah. Let's hear the, let's hear the plane crash story. <laughs> 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 we were fucking, uh, we were coming in for a landing in uh, Barrett's. And here, you got it. Here, take this to mom. I'm working. Snapped okay? off the take fucking all your stuff airplane. Mom, Next thing you know, we're doing a fucking like a nose wheelie down the fucking runway. Fucking skate in there. And the only thing you hear, fucking everybody was silent except for he was like ten rows behind me. You're sure. And we landed. They didn't even tell us what happened in English. We were there for like forty-five minutes. Take it all to mom and take your skate. We had to slide down the slide and shit. But I looked out the window. I thought we were. I thought we were on fire. Watch out for yeah, Salva. Where'd you get your license? Cracker Jack box prize? Go see your mom, buddy. Okay, sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everything all of a sudden the wing, the wing was all black and fucking, I thought we were on fire, but I looked out and then it started to wash off because it was raining. It was cool. Crash landing. Where'd you get where'd your you license? Crash hey, where'd you get your license? Cracker Jack box prize? <laughs> of course. Later, so. Too. Yep, have a good one, dude. Did you see my dad in there? Yeah, I did. Cool, yeah. you say hi? I made, yeah, awesome. I made sure of it. I'm sure he was stoked. You too, you take care. Yeah, later, you dude. Too. Nothing else to do. Let's see, crash that's a, landing. That's a cute little car. Interventions. Fucking, Don't fuck up the interview. Don't fuck it up. Uh, we already did that. What else? I wasn't there, but what about the parent-teacher escort? Oh, God. Uh, they canceled that program afterwards. Yeah. I got in some trouble in school when I was in ninth grade. And uh, I was sitting in class. There's a knock on the door, first period. And my mom dressed like a goddamn hooker with fucking leather boots with studs, fishnets, a leather mini skirt, a chain mail fucking top, dude, straight yeah. metal with ratted out hair and hooker makeup and shit. Pierce diamond nose. And, dude, all the cholos are like whistling at her and shit. Dude, I was just bright red, jaw hit the desk, like, what the fuck? She had to sit through every class with me all day long. I had to give an oral report in front of her. So that, that was. I never even cracked a book on. That was to make it so the kids wouldn't get in trouble. And so and, and, after that, it was hey. such an ordeal, they stopped the parent teacher. Oh, uh, yeah, because I tried to like uh, walk around uh, the back of the school. My mom's all, fuck that, we're going right through the middle. And yeah, it was it was such a disruption. Fucking yeah. uh, my mom after, at the end of the day, she's all, you know, I did this right. I'm all, why is that? She's all, so you wouldn't make me do it again. I said, oh, don't worry, I won't. I quit. <laughs> I'm done after that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's so much. Going surfing with grandpa. We used to get blindfolded when we go surfing with my dad. My dad and my grandpa, and then we'd sit in between them in, in my grandpa's old yellow truck down in Mexico. And they'd blindfold us. And it wasn't so we wouldn't tell our friends where we were going. It was so we couldn't tell our friends where we were going. You know, like, you go home, tell your buddies, oh, yeah, we surfed this spot. Well, yeah. Because well, we all the other kids, like the Beachums, the Hooses, whoever. They bring a lot of buddies with yeah. them and stuff. So my dad and grandpa would blindfold me and him on the way. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool. How many kids get blindfolded while they're going surfing? But hey, now those home? spots are fully like, like down in Cabo. Yeah. Just now those spots are fully like blown out. Yeah. Community. Commercialized. Mm. Where's kind of some of the be like best trips you guys have gone on together? You can name a couple. Indo when we were twelve and yeah. six. When you were twelve, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, you're 
You were like 14, because I was 18. Okay, 14. But then, uh, being in. We went, we went to Hawaii every year, though. Like, I, I, was, I was the youngest kid to ever go to G Land at yeah, that time. Well, we were there with we're, Laird and Jerry and yeah, Peter we McCabe. Jerry Lopez and shit. Peter McCabe. To Bobby's camp in G Land. And uh, I don't know, perfect left. Don Hoey. Yeah. Don Johnson. But uh, I don't know, sick. it was insane. It's, it's like. It's like Indo isn't now. Uh, there was nobody there. So to go there now, which is how many years later? I mean, we were surfing Bingen and we were like, you know, four or five people out maybe. Yeah. I, I made, I made oh. a couple waves all the way to the fucking beach then. Yeah. They said the only person to ever do that was Johnny Boy at that time. I, I, uh, last time I was at Bingen? It's a I, yard sale. It, it was a yard sale. I got a set wave and some guy chucked his board in front of me on the drop and I cut it in half. The first time I ever done that. The whole like, board? I cut this much of his nose off his board. Wow. Cause I was riding that, uh, that 6'3 fucking board. I had this really super thick and just fucking ran over my fins, just sawed it in half. And I went and found the, the nose half of it and fucking gave it to my other buddy for a fucking menu. For a menu? Yeah, one of the warongs down there. <laughs> What's up dude? You could ask him about being an only child. What about it? That was awesome. Well, they're doing a thing on brothers. <laughs> they can get the other point of view from an only child. Opposite end of the spectrum. What else? What other fucking? Well, he's kind of like a brother to both of us. Yeah. Totally. Huh. <laughs> That's what laser thing. Seems how my mom stole him. Now he's like my brother. Just say like getting past like the fucking. Battling and that kind of like fucking it takes adventure. a lot of years. Yeah, what, like, what like 25. Take, what did it take to get through that? 25 years. Just surviving to be able to get through it. Because I don't know, somehow he survived and somehow I survived. Yeah, my parents told me I was going to kick the bucket by the end of 25. I just turned 51. I think I'm doing pretty good. Like the milk that never goes bad. Double, double that in a year, fuck. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking way past my expiration date. Yeah, you're 21, two plus one. So I'm looking at it like every day above dirt's a good day. Yeah, what's, the, what's kind of the goal, I guess, goal now, I guess, fucking... Live fast and die last. I fucking have a tattooed on my fucking feet. <laughs> I, got, I got the quote inside of a uh, pro mod fucking uh, dragster, or like a streetcar, 68 fucking, uh, it's a 68 Camaro fucking... The thing does, uh, what, eighth of a mile in 3.6 seconds, over 200 miles an hour. Ooh. Hey, it goes over 200 in an eighth of a mile. <laughs> an eighth of, wow. That's fucking crazy, huh? Thing is fucking sick looking. So what else about Griffin or Col or the? Those, I mean, those guys is like. Who, who else is in it? Uh, it's those brothers, it's uh, Coffin brothers. Uh, Godowskis. Oh, the Godowskis are sick. They're, they're, the, they're the best brothers in surfing as far as like, you know, being brothers and like kind of fucking like sticking together in family. What about the Hobgoods, bro? They're the uh, Hobgoods. Yeah, but they, the they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't serve a lot anymore, but they still fucking fucking kill it. But you guys are blowing it. What about the Lopez's? I don't know, we could go talk to them Lopez's. The Hobgoods. 
I had him in a heated pipeline, fucking me, Braden, and CJ. And I was talking so much shit. Yeah. Yeah, Florida! See what you got, all this. And the guy just fucking smoked me. It was sick. Christian was like, I was psyched. I know, but the one time, Christian, oh, these guys are such guys. I'm all bullshit. And it was like a second reefer foamer. I don't even know. And, and Dude, Hopkins, I got pitched three times on my head. Fucking. good just went, and I was all, Jesus. And Christian was like, well, They're fuck, gnarly. Bro. They're yeah. gnarly, bro. They just. Yeah, who are some of the brothers that you guys... And you know what? They're, they're like full, like, fucking, like, religious, like... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about Damien, but CJ is, you know? But they're like swamp but, buggy good for no, the people, you know? But not only that, he, there's... Yeah, they gave me a ride from the airport at, like, 5 in the morning in Florida before. Yeah. And... Like, I they're couldn't find down. a place fucking do that. I'm driving around in circles. Yeah, fucking, I love the Hobgoods. But, yeah... I, I really admire the Hobgoods. And I think it's brothers. cool, like... like He's super religious and all that, but you never know because he doesn't fucking say nothing about it. Like we're here, Hasoy's here today, and like he's the opposite. He's super religious and fucking goddamn can't can't get him to shut up. Yeah, the Hob Squids. <laughs> what other like sets of brothers were you guys psyched on growing up, and then you kind of look at it now, like these guys are. Fucking holding it down or like doing something rather. I remember like the hoser as gnarly as it gets. The hoser as gnarly as it gets, and then Nate and Zach Acker were gnarly before. They both quit. <laughs> they were both too gnarly. And then uh Flames. Uh I don't know. San Diego. Uh you got any good like ho brother stories? Oh man, so many. Too it's, many, huh? Yeah, it's like yeah, shit. Yeah, stick out immediately, just fucking. Yeah. Them? Oh yeah. Yeah, Those but there's two? probably some we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, but those going two, to stick they, out immediately. That they is. go surf together, but they drive their own car. Like, go surf with Michael. Derek's not there, and then you show up. The waves are terrible. Like as bad as it gets. He'll call his brother up and tell him, oh, it's firing. We're down here. I'm down here with Nathan. We're going to paddle out. Let's fuck each other up. Just to get his brother to come down there. And so we're going to go surf, but it's just, like, you don't tell anybody else to go, but it's in. So I'm listening. Oh, shit. So then we get our stuff, boom, and he locks his keys in the car. And I was just thinking, like, oh, well, if you didn't call your brother and tell him to come down here and surf, you probably wouldn't have That's what they locked. call karma. Yeah, you wouldn't have locked your keys in the or car. Or in mysterious ways. So then... You gotta wait for Derek because Lucky Derek's on the way. <laughs> just like, it's just like playing chase, you know? Like they could have just taken the same car, went and had it all together, but instead it's like they're trying to like. Playing games. Yeah, it's like. Battling. Yeah, they're battling all the way to the water, to the land. All the way to the end. All the way to the end. <laughs> just love it. The low key, the low key not talked about battles. Just, yeah, uh, just pull up, parking, going to the same spot, parking on the other end of the parking lot, surfing, having a surf off, you know what I mean? <laughs> and everybody who's there is like, kind of like in, you know, cause we'll say Coco, Mason, whoever's around, everybody, it's just, it's just how it is. It's just a battle. He'll take you, Derek would take you to the worst wave just to go surf, just so you could be, just to go yeah, circles a, around you. He's a little bit competitive. It, but it's Both the best. Ping pong. Well, you get him in ping pong. Oh yeah. Oh god. But it's the beat best. you with his wrong hand and shit. I mean, those brothers drove each other crazy. <laughs> They're insane. Um, I don't know. I feel like all the, the bro Napoleon brothers. I feel like a lot of the brothers though uh, have sudden. If both of them do it, you know, like even the oh, the Budros. 
<laughs> the bug rows were gnarly as it gets, dude. I mean, it, it was really tough finding a kid to fucking take bong hits with you when you're 10 years old in the parking lot of a surf contest, you know? But my buddy Christian, we just were doing an interview and these guys were at TNC and I had to go over and stalk Christian, remember? When we went up the hill? See, so both Christians would be in the parking lot taking yeah, bong hits Christian, when we fucking 10. They were actually neighbors with a budger on. They got, they got a little bit of it. Like fucking. They got a little education on budger. I mean, it was, it was tough to find a kid to smoke fucking weed with you when you're 10 years old, you know? <laughs> There's only a few. And nowadays, the kids are so straight, kind of, it's weird. Can't even find they they get into mom's pills and shit instead, you know? Sick fucking, uh, I guess. So, dude. Some, like, Griffin Crosby, Griffin Crosby kind of questions, like, what do they need to do to push each other to succeed? Well, all they need to do is just keep ripping and smiling because they're so good and so on. Stick they're their un- fingers in each other's un- butts. They're unstoppable. All they got to do is be Anybody stoppable. I mean, all they got to do is keep doing what they're doing and they're unstoppable. They're, they got such a good attitude and such, such a good trajectory, I feel like, in their career. It's not like super up and super down. It's kind of just like they're not hot and slow cold. tapered and it's just... It's just nice to see. See, I, I was good like that. I was super inconsistent. Yeah. No, they're good. Like, I feel like if they just keep up their what they're doing and just be true to themselves. And don't surfing, end up like you walking around with a fucking leg brace on. Right. Huh. Avoid the injuries. See, that's 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 where you become stoppable. Uh, everybody. But uh, I don't really know. Young. I'm sorry. They I don't can, know. Like I've met back. Griffin before, and that's about it. Yeah. Can you see like, him surf? Uh, huh? Yeah, I've seen him surf a little bit. Not a whole lot, because I don't really uh, pay a whole lot of attention. Yeah, he. Yeah, I don't pay attention. I, know I watch. I watch YouTube. I'm a, I'm a YouTube junkie, but I watch stuff about like the Isle of Man TT, the motorcycle races and shit, and juggling or fucking whatever. Just like not uh, not so much surfing. What do you mean juggling? Juggling. Yeah, that's juggling. Running yeah. and juggling. That, that's a sport. Yeah. 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 Juggling. Yeah. <laughs> So you're not, you, you don't really watch much fucking Griffin or Crosby. I don't watch much surfing. Yeah. I mean, if I see something like whatever when I'm fucking flipping through, like I'll check it out, you know? I like, hate to say it, but even for me, when I watch it, I feel like it's little kids fucking Sesame Street. And so when, I, like when I go to Trestles, like all those kids look the fucking same. And so like, I just, yeah, I don't know who anybody is. I just figure fucking, I sit outside of them and ride a little bit bigger board and so I can get waves. I don't want to sit inside and hassle with them all. Fucking, they're all in there fucking playing grab ass, talking about fucking jacking off and weird shit. Like fucking, like I like girls. Like, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fucking weird. Dave Chappelle. There's nothing about either Crosby or Griffin surfing that stands out to either you guys, or like an imprint on your like uh, something you remember of them. Their yeah, they're like. All, all those kids kind of remind me of Luke Davis, and so it makes it hard to get past that. I mean, yeah, I've seen fucking a couple waves of Griffin where he was fucking uh, riffing, you know? You're asking but a like, modern-day outlaw about Sesame but, Street. But, okay? but I, would, like, I, I wouldn't know him if he fucking walked up and smacked me in the face. Really. I'd know he was one of those kids, you know? Like, <clears throat> but but if you seen him surf, you would be like, damn, that was Crosby. Okay, you, you know. No, if I saw him surf, I'd go, whoa, that no. guy's ripping. Who's that? That's what I mean. If you were surfing together, you would know. Like, after... Well, yeah, no. Like, I'd know the guy was ripping, that's for sure. Yeah. 
I might not know who it is, but I'd ask. What about you, Nathan? Didn't you say you went on a trip with Crosby? Of course, yeah, there's well, a bunch like, of shit. I Hunter mean, Coffin rips, though. To, to me, that, that, <laughs> front side, that front side blow tail thing that uh, Griffin did at the wave pool, how he went to backwards, boom, rode it, rode it, rode it, and then he went forward right into the barrel. I mean, that was just, that was too smooth. Like, other guys. Sounds don't. sick. Is there any way to pull that up? For sure. Yeah. Let's show Christian that. Oh, right now? Yeah, pull it up, pull it off. I mean, because he just did this thing where it's not much, but like to me, things like that in such a controlled environment where you're not seeing anybody do I, anything different. I, I, just I, quit, I quit doing the air reverse around the turn of the century, okay? Okay. That's like the new cutback. Yeah. Blow tail. Do it to it, brother. There's an empty spot right here, but. I just watched the first episode of the Jeffersons this morning. So sick. I'm sorry, you don't have to find it. I just want to show. It's pretty nuts. It is. I just thought Christian would be impressed by it. Yeah, let's see. I'm a, hey, I'm a tough customer. But it's not a lot impresses me. But you're well aware how hard it is to surf in the wave pool at Kelly Slater's, right? I've never been there. Me neither, but, uh, it, but it looks I, I don't think I'll be going anytime soon. Every time I ask him, he tells me, oh, it'd be sick to see your dad out there. He told me he wanted to see <laughs> Jetson out there. Yeah. All right, Kelly, when are me, Grayson, and Bruce going to come up to the wave pool? He thought, it'd be sick to see Herbie out there. Oh, cool. That really wasn't what I asked, but... Yeah, I don't think I'll be invited to that thing anytime soon. Let's, how about this? Show us something impressive of Griffin or Crosby so he can see it, so we can flare up. I feel like fucking... Yeah, impress me. I, I'm going to impress you. Help, help me out here. Yeah, we need help, bro. He needs a... What are the, the, fucking wave pool shit or... No, it doesn't matter. Uh, he needs I, I a just teleprompter want, quick. Hey, I just want something that's going to impress me because I don't get impressed that easy. And when I do, I'm super psyched on it. And maybe I'll be a new fan. That, that's more impressive. And a fucking, one of those small fucking 20s. What about the one Crosby? Oh, that's Griffin. Or the fucking wave of Crosby getting snaked about. <laughs> I mean, that, that was sick. Or this wave of fucking, this wave's pretty. This is Show him the new one on Crosby, where he wants. But I mean, hey, with the amount of money he gets paid, he's getting paid, no, I'm not really that impressed. He should be doing that. <laughs> this shit. That's Crosby, that's the younger one. Yeah, now that was way sicker. That was a big wave. Drop was nuts and fucking. Volden <laughs> behind the guy came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, he fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. That was impressive. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm to if there's more, is there more good shit I could show you? Well, because fucking, uh, that's a tough one navigating behind the fucking spray and shit like that. That's a rough one. Hey, wait, wait. Are you leaving? Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another episode of The Drop. Um, we just actually love getting on here every week, like truly from the bottom of our hearts and talking about everything that's going on in the surf world. It's kind of cathartic after working on the website and Instagram and all these different projects that we're doing every week to take a step back and see like what mattered this week and um, sharing it with you guys. And I hope you guys enjoyed as well. So thank you as always for listening to the drop. We'll be back, as I said, next Monday or Tuesday with the stab cusp. Me and Stacy G are going to talk about El Salvador and Brazil. Uh, so there's plenty more coming on the stab podcast network. Thanks again. And until then over and out.